Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. No, Danny. I'm Grant. This is The Fan. Welcome back, and thanks much for making the show part of your day. Always means a lot. I'm taking you up to 6.30 this evening. And it is time right now, as we've been promising, to send you around the division and blitz the NFC East. We will blitz the division in just a moment. Cowboys, Giants, Eagles, all jammed into one segment on Grant and Danny. It is time to blitz the East. I'm trying to think of what movie that is, where they like keep announcing something and nothing happens, and they're like, I present to you. The leader of the pack. And like nothing. And it might be, it sounds like Spaceballs. It might be Spaceballs. Where it's like they just keep over-announcing and, and then there's nothing. Uh, let's start with the Giants and Chris Bizignano, who covers the Giants, the Giants Insider, at Giants Insider on social media. They're in great shape because they came to FedEx Field and left winners. Now, they almost beat the Vikings. That doesn't count. They lose 60-plus yard field goal at the horn. So, Chris, they go back to the drawing board here. They basically just need to win a game, and they're in good shape. Why not the Colts this weekend at home, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, good evening. Thanks for having me on. And, uh, yeah, that's the attitude. You know, let's uh, we win and they're in. And uh, that is going to hopefully happen Sunday afternoon at MetLife against a 4-10-1 team that is starting Nick Foles, who – I'm going to put it politely, did not look too good Monday night. So uh, that's the plan. You know, they took care of business a couple of weeks ago, you know, down down in your guys' building and tough uh, one last week. But, hey, that's it's in their hands. So we'll see what happens Sunday. They can't lose to the Colts, right, with this much on the line? That, that wouldn't happen. <laughs> well, I'm not going to go that far, you know, because I'll tell you what, you know, no matter what, the problems that Colts are having on offense and now they, you know, they're going with falls and all that. They still have a very, they, I shouldn't say very, but they have a pretty good defense. 11th in the league. You know, so they, we, look, we're, we're looking for a close game. It's, nobody's going into this game thinking, oh, the Giants are going to take this one out 24-3 or anything like that. This is, this is going to be another battle. Um, so I'm not going to sit here and say, no, we can't lose to these guys. You know, the Giants are not in that position to say we can't lose to anybody. 
What is Jeff Saturday doing starting Nick Foles after three picks? I don't know. In a lost season when they've got Ellinger on the roster. I have, I have no idea, bro. I have no idea. I, I just don't know what they're doing in Indianapolis. You know, I mean, Jeff Saturday, I have all the respect in the world for Jeff, you know. But I just didn't quite get, you know, hiring a coach basically off the street and, and all that. I didn't get it. Um, look, it's, we're pretty, I guess the Giants, you could say, pretty happy down here seeing Paul. You know, even with Matt Ryan played, I mean, it's still Matt Ryan, you know. Um, so I don't get it, you know, but it's not my job to get it. Uh, it's the Giants' <laughs> job to defend it, you know, and, and beat Nick Foles and Nicole. So we'll see what happens. That's a great line. It's not my job to get it. I really liked what I saw from Daniel Jones against the Vikings for the yeah. most part. He was awesome, I thought, here in Washington, even without big numbers. The Vikings' defense yeah. is a sieve. They're just, they're just awful to watch defensively. But he threw for 334 and a touchdown, had a pick. Uh, didn't run nearly as much as we're used to when we watch mm-hmm. him shred the commanders. Yeah. But he ran for 34 at almost 400 combined yards. What did you think of him? Yeah, he played a hell of a game. Played a hell of a game. You know I- like you said, against you guys, you know, he did what he had to do. Uh, um, played pretty well there and played really well against the Viking team that, yeah, we all know, you know, they're not a, very, they're not a good defense at all, especially in that back end. But you know what? With the receivers Daniel has, okay, which is basically a bunch of number threes, okay, maybe Slayton could be a two. I like to call him like a 2B, okay, um, and, for, and still throw for 300-plus. Um, that's a credit to Daniel, man. That's a credit to Daniel. You got, you know, and he, you know, lead him down the field to tie that game at the end there, and then convert that two pointer. Um, that said a lot about him. So yeah, he he he's been playing pretty well. Um, I'm feeling pretty good about him going into this Colts game. Chris Bizzano covers the Giants. I remember asking you this earlier in the year, and it was there was a lot of uh, runway in front of us, and it was unknown. I feel like there's right. no way they let him walk now, right? I mean they. Whether it's a yeah. tag or a deal, it almost feels like yeah. you got to take him out of that Derek Carr, Tom Brady, Jimmy Garoppolo conversation of guys who might be available this offseason. Yeah, I I agree. I don't. Daniel's not going to be going anywhere. Okay, he's done enough. He's proven enough to Brian Dable and Joe Shane to say, "Hey, I'm your guy here." Okay, get me some receivers too, guys. That would help. You know, <laughs> you know, I mean, you, just look. You know, look what he, Daniel's had to work with all year too. You know, I mean, it's incredible. So. Yeah, he's proven it. You know, uh, he's gonna, he's not going to be going anywhere. You know, a lot of people, you know, here in Jersey and in the, in the metropolitan area, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, we can't come back with Jones. But you know what? Who are you going to replace him with? Okay, they, you know, the Giants' record, they're not – they're not. where are they going to land in the draft? They're not going to be getting any top kids coming out of the draft. And they don't grow on trees, quarterbacks. I mean, who are you going to replace him with? The answer is probably nobody, you know, so – yeah, this is their guy. He Brian Dable has really grown to like him, and he's going to be moving forward here with the Giants. Chris Pizzignano covering the Giants. They need a win against the Colts, and they are in thanks to their upset here in Washington over the Commanders on Sunday Night Football a couple weeks ago. Thank you, Chris. We appreciate you. You got it, Greg. Take care. Be good. Happy New Year. All right, let's move to the top of the division. Talk about Philly. The Eagles have been the cream of the crop in this division all season long. Ed Kratz, Eagles beat for SI, joins us. And, Ed, why don't we just start with what you saw from them in their loss to the Cowboys. No Jalen Hurts, and yet they scored 34 with a defensive touchdown, and they were right there with the Cowboys at the end of the game before falling to 13-2. and 
Yeah, well, I mean, turnovers, right? Turnovers kill you. Uh, the one common theme in both the Eagles' losses this year were they committed four turnovers. They did it against the Commanders, and they did it against the Cowboys. You can't give good teams short fields. They take advantage of them. Uh, you know, half of the Cowboys' points, 20 of their points, came off of turnovers. Three times they started in Eagles' territory with those turnovers. So you can't do it. And the Eagles have had a problem with turnovers. They've got seven in two games now after kind of leading the league, uh, you know, in the turnover takeaway uh, or the giveaway takeaway department all year. And now, you know, they've, they've struggled taking care of the football. Seven turnovers in two games, it's not going to win you a whole lot of games. They were lucky to get out of Chicago uh, with a win. Jalen Hurts kind of pulled them out of the fire in that one, but they couldn't do it against the Cowboys. So got to take better care of the football against the Saints on Sunday. You mentioned Hurts, and I think, like, you can close the book. This guy's legit. He's an MVP candidate. He's a QB1. You move forward. But specific to the MVP chase, there was this conversation before the Cowboys game that people were curious to see what this looked like without Hurts. And then Minshew went out there, and I know he threw the two picks, but he threw for 350 yards and a couple touchdowns. I mean, they moved the ball. Devontae Smith had a buck 13. Brown went for 100. Goddard went for 70. Did that kind of help or hurt the conversation of value for Hertz when I know they had a defensive touchdown, but they score 34 and they go back and forth with a playoff team all day? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, uh, it's one game. I mean, Minshew made some questionable decisions, in my opinion. Uh, you know, you can't throw the ball over the middle of the field to Quez Watkins and not expect uh, the Cowboys to be all over that. Uh, you know, he he also lost a fumble. So, you know, three turnovers from your quarterback It'll get you. Uh, it's not ideal. Yeah, it'll get you. So, I, you know, I know they put up 27 points on offense. Um, you know, that's a good day's work, and Minshew had the 355 yards. But, uh, you know, we'll, we'll have to see more of him. I don't know if it hurt, hurts his candidacy. Listen, I, I, Justin Jefferson, I don't know why he's not being talked about more as an MVP. That that receiver out of Minnesota is having, you know, a, a kind of season that no receiver has had before him. So, you know, I know it's kind of a quarterback-driven award, which maybe if you're going to – call it an MVP, maybe you should call it the most valuable quarterback because they're the ones that always seem to win it. But Justin Jefferson, to me, really should be in the, in the conversation for that award. And what's the timeline on a Hurts return? I mean, is there a chance he plays again in the regular season? Well, he didn't practice today. It was a walkthrough, and he, and, you know, he didn't do anything. So I think, you know, I was originally told 10 days to 14 days to rest and treat this thing. Uh, you know, and it's been, you know, coming up on two weeks, really, it'll be, I think two weeks against the saints. Uh, I don't expect him to play this week. Um, and I, I wouldn't expect him to play until the playoffs start, whenever that will be, whether it's, you know, that you get the buy, if they can get the number one seed. Um, but I, I don't think he'll play. I think though, you know, Minshew, uh, you know, he's an experienced guy. Um, just have to take better care of the football, but I don't think we'll see hurts. I think they'll rest his shoulder and make sure he's a hundred percent when he comes back for the playoffs. So when he would come back, then it would be going on almost a month since he last played. Is that a concern at all? I mean, there wasn't really any flies in the ointment. Like I was just going through all the teams in the conference Vikings, 49ers, Bucks, Cowboys that are going to make the playoffs and finding the warts. The Eagles have the fewest, but this Hurts situation feels like it could be a thing. Well, yeah, I mean, sure, it could be a timing thing. You know, it's going to take a little while to get the timing back with your receivers. But, you know, they've been working since the summer, you know, Hurts with A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard. Um, you know, I don't think it would take that long to get the timing down. Uh 
maybe it's just like riding a bike. You know, you just pick right up uh, where you left off, no matter how long it's been since you rode one. But uh, it's hard to say. I mean, it really is hard to say. It's certainly uh, a fly in the ointment, if you will, for the Eagles Super Bowl chances and something that will need to be watched very closely uh, when he does return. Last one really quick. Defense for the Eagles right now. They gave up 33 to the pack. Uh, we saw Justin Fields make some plays for the Bears, as, as he has against everyone. What's the level of confidence in that group right now? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, they've had a little bit of a letdown. I think Darius Slay at the corner has not played to his level the last couple of weeks. Um, it's still a defensive line that has 61 sacks. I mean, there there hasn't been an NFL team that's put up 60 sacks since the 2013 Panthers. Uh, you know, they're one away from tying the, the uh, team record of, uh, 62 back when Reggie White played and Clyde Simmons back in 1989. So, I mean, this defensive line, they've got four straight games with six-plus sacks. And, you know, I would think that they're probably going to add to that total against Andy Dalton and the Saints. So, you know, my level of confidence is, you know, I mean, I, I think they've been solid all year. They're they're number one against the pass. I think they're uh, number third, number three overall. Uh, I think this defensive line really sets the tone for the defense, and that's kind of where it starts for them. And and they've been playing lights out that D line. They sacked Dak Prescott six times. Um, you know, he makes that big third and thirty conversion on the pass. Otherwise, you know, maybe there's a different outcome of that game. But uh, you know, I think that D line is where it starts. That's the engine, and uh, they're playing well. Ed Kratz covers the Eagles coming off a 40-34 loss to Dallas. They're 13-2. and They'll be the one seed, it looks like, in the NFC. Ed, thank you. My pleasure, guys. Thanks. Let's discuss that Dallas team that beat them in a shootout this past week. Cowboys are 11-4 and and all, but certainly going to be the five seed in the NFC. And our buddy Nate Davis of USA Today Sports joins us to break Dallas down. So, Nate, you saw the game like the rest of us did against the Eagles last time out for the Cowboys. Dak, 347-3 and three was huge. Maybe the best C.D. Lamb game I can remember went for 120 and a couple touchdowns. What do we think of the Cowboys offense breaking out against the Eagles? Well, I mean, I think they showed what they're capable of. Um, I'm not, you know, not sure they ran the ball great in that game. I mean, at least at least Tony Pollard didn't have one of his bigger games. But uh, you know, he he and Zeke have really proved a a, a nice tandem uh, in totality. I think I think kind of brought out the best of each other. Um, but I mean, I think the issue with, with Zach and the pick, Dak and the picks, you know, I think that was his eighth and fifth games or something. Um, that, that's still something that needs to be, you know, ironed out. Obviously, they overcame the, the deficit and, and the pick six he threw, and he responded really well uh, to that over, over the course of the game. Um, but, you know, I think g- given that uh, and given the fact that the defense has, has slipped a little bit uh, in recent weeks, I think giving up close to 1,000 yards uh, just the last two weeks, uh, you know, I think that there's got to be some level of concern with this team. Yeah, the pick six from Dak early in the game, six minutes in, made it 10 nothing Eagles. As you said, from that point forward, it was pretty clinical through the air. But you're right, 25 carries combined for Elliott and Pollard and less than 75 yards, so they weren't clicking on all cylinders there. Uh, they have a Thursday night game tomorrow night against the Titans, and I don't know if you've seen the injury report for Tennessee. Like, nobody's going to play. I mean, this looks like a get-right game for this defense, the ultimate opportunity they need to start feeling themselves a little bit because you're right, they have struggled. What's going on on that side of the ball for for Dallas? Uh, it, it, you know, it's a good question. I mean, I, I mean, I think I think part of it is they, they ran into, into a hot guy uh, in Trevor Lawrence uh, down there in Jacksonville, and that team has really kind of uh, come of age of late, and, and uh, you know, obviously a ton of weapons on that team. 
Uh, and I think, you know, Philly is Philly. I mean, obviously Gardner Minshew is not uh, Jalen Hurts, but uh, I thought Philly would still win that game. I mean, I picked him to win. I mean, he's one of the better backups in the league. And, uh, you know, kind of you see, you know, how much of the MVP is Jalen Hurts or how much is, is it that that's the best supporting cast uh, in the league. But, I mean, they're, they're, they're legitimate no, no, matter, no matter how you cut it. Uh, pro- probably more concern is that they didn't, you know, they didn't blow out the, the Houston Texans um, three weeks ago. So, uh, you, you know, I, I think, you know, I think you've seen Tr- Trayvon Diggs kind of doing his thing where he, he's gambling a little too much in certain plays uh, unnecessarily. You, you know, it seems, it seems like he gets a little boomer bust quite often. I don't know if he gets bored back there, but he seems like he comes off his guy trying to make a play and then ends up, you know, giving up a touchdown. We saw, we saw Devontae Smith do, do that last week. But uh, I think it's just things like that. And I think really the odd thing is, is they're not getting to the quarterback. You know, as great as Micah Parsons has been all season and they've got good depth on that defensive line, I think, I think they've got like two sacks in the last four games, maybe one sack in the last three. Um, uh, and I think it's really, you know, predicated for them on, on, on generating pressure, and they haven't been doing that recently. Nate Davis, USA Today with us here on Grant and Danny. If Dallas, let's say, finishes at 12-5, and five, splits their next two, and the Bucks, I think most of us assume, win the South and are the four seed and host Dallas at 9-8. and eight. What kind of spread are we looking at there? I mean, the Cowboys would definitely be favored in that 4-5 matchup on the road, right? I mean, given the way Tampa is playing, I mean, you would think so. I mean, obviously, you, you go back to, to week one, they, they did lose uh, to, to the Buccaneers at home, 19-3. But, uh, you know, a lot's kind of happened. Since then, the Cowboys have, have gotten better, and then certainly the Bucks have not have not been playing well. So you you would think that a four or five game in Tampa. I mean, I would imagine that Dallas would open three three four point favorites, something something like that. Um, but I mean, it's, it's fascinating to look at the matchups. I mean, I, I don't I don't know that anybody necessarily wants to draw Tom Brady uh, in, in the opening round. Uh, and then you think that you know if, if Dallas was in a, a Six two matchup, you know, with with Minnesota, where they won what, what, what they won forty to three in that building. You know, would they rather be playing the Vikes in the two seed, or would they rather be playing the Bucks in the four seed? Uh, I, I I would probably suggest that they'd rather see Kirk Cousins and Tom Brady in the opening round. But 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 yeah, I mean, I, I think that they'll they'll probably be favored at, at Tampa if that matchup comes to pass, as we expect it will. That's interesting. I mean, I keep I I think I get it. I keep hearing people say like nobody wants to play the Bucks in the playoffs, but man, I think I would want to. They're not good. Like, doesn't that matter at some point? I mean, it matters at some point, but I mean, Tom Brady is still Tom Brady. You know, they've got championship players on that team. They'll they'll be at home. There's not going to be you know any expectations. I think that they're going to do anything. So I think I think in many ways they'll be playing with house money. And you're also you know you know not not that you're pinpointing anything specifically here, but I mean. You know, well, what have we seen the Cowboys do in the playoffs for years? And, and you know, the, the image last year of, of them being, you know, unprepared uh, to, to mount a final drive and, and manage the clock with Dak Prescott, uh, obviously not, not not coached up, you know, um, sufficiently enough. You, you also kind of wonder what, what, what might Dallas do um, to to undercut itself just because we've seen it so often over the years. So, yeah. um, you know, I, I don't know. And, and, you know, like you said, it's not like they're playing – great the last few weeks i mean they, they were fortunate to beat the eagles but but they were also fortunate to beat to beat the texans and lost to jacksonville and you know jacksonville's playing well but it's not like they're peaking right now it's well said nate davis check him out usa today sports thank you sir always great catching up hope you have an awesome new year buddy happy new year grant thanks yeah you too be good there's nate davis and that is your blitz
of the division, the latest on the three teams Washington competes with in the NFC East. Speaking of the Commanders, it is Carson Wentz time. Ron Rivera says they're going back to Wentz for the next two games. Let's dive into that next. Put the trunks on. Here's the question for you guys. We'll open up the MGM National Harbor listener lines. I want to hear from you at 800-636-1067 on this. That's 800-636-1067. Can Carson Wentz make you feel good enough about him with anything that he does in the next two weeks that you will sign up for 2023 Wentz as the starter in week one? Is there anything he can do against Cleveland and against Dallas and maybe even in a playoff game that would lead you to say, don't try to go get a quarterback. Keep Carson Wentz. He should be your starter going into next year, a little under $30 million against your cap. 800-636-1067 on Grant and Danny. Well, for the most part, I, I talked to several different players yesterday and, and just kind of, um, you know, explained to them what I was thinking, if they have any thoughts, and, you know, listened to a few of the guys who had ideas and thoughts as well. Talked to coaches, um, and then I talked to the uh, coach, uh, quarterbacks individually and just let them know where I was headed. And just to clarify, were those team captains or just Just some, a little bit of everybody. Some... Ron Rivera with the media today. Letting players know first. And then reporters, and that means you guys, through that press conference, it's Carson Wentz time. Welcome back, Grant and Danny on the fan, taking you up to 631 hour from now. Here is the question on the table. I think this is a really good topic. I think this is really important, maybe. More importantly, what can Carson Wentz do, if anything, so that when this season ends, you say, he should be the guy in week one of 2023. Or have you already made up your mind that that's not a reality? That's not something you'll want. That's not something they should strive for. No matter what he does, no matter what happens, you know, barring something crazy. Obviously, if they go on an NFC championship game run and he's at the helm and he's lighting it up Joe Flacco and Eli Manning style where a mediocre quarterback has a great postseason, now that changes the, the algorithm. But let's assume normal stuff happens. Maybe they win both games. Winnable, Cleveland, Dallas. Maybe they win a playoff game. And Carson Wentz plays well. Are you going to say, stick with this guy? Don't go into the unknown. Don't try for the Garoppolo, Derek Carr, Tom Brady sweepstakes. Whoever ends up shaking free, becoming available. Because they won too many games to get one of the really good rookie quarterbacks in this draft class that you would want at the top of the draft board, who are all crapshoot picks anyway, right? You have no idea what you're getting. It's a box of chocolates. Can Carson Wentz convince you with his play from now till whenever the season ends that he should be the QB1 in week one of next year? Yes or no? That's my question. 800-636-1067. I'll answer the question coming up at the end of the segment. Let's go to Sam in Fairfax. Sam, how are you? Hey, hey, Grant, doing well. Thanks very much. And, you know, absolutely, Carson 
can do things to make me feel great about going into 2023 with them. And the two that you indicated are obvious, right? You can win the last two regular season games and then win, win a playoff game. That would be fantastic. But the most important thing I think you can do after that is he could be willing to renegotiate his contract with the express idea of the money that we are able to renegotiate. We're going to put right into the offensive line to protect him. You know, the the pool of guys that we can get out there is not that great. Let's get Carson another year in our system and see what we've got if those three things happen. What what do you think? So I I think that renegotiating his deal would make a lot of sense if you're keeping him for next year in that you're committing to him at that point, so you should try to lower the cap number. I I honestly thought when they acquired him that this was a multi-year commitment, and I was stunned that they didn't try to redo his contract so that he didn't count $28 million against their salary cap this year. Uh, just so that we get this out of the way as we continue to talk about this, the contract for Wentz that lies ahead, they have a potential out at zero dead cap. This is your off-ramp at the end of this season. You got to make the decision at the end of this season because if you go into next year, the dead cap number becomes zero the following year as well. You have an off-ramp there. But, you know, the decision that you have to make essentially just gets kicked down the road by one year. But he's got two years left on his contract, and after each of the next couple of seasons, you get out with nothing having been given up. What I would do is, if you're keeping him, and by the way, newsflash, I'm I'm probably not going to be of the camp that says uh, I'll stick with him. Short of him just being terrific. Like he goes on the Cousins 2015 run where they went 4-0. and Like he rips off four wins, a couple playoff games, and he's just balling. He's, he's putting up 300 yards and three touchdowns. You know, just something unrealistic. Then, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll sign up to keep him around. But I think that's not happening. But what I would do is if they do opt into Wentz for next season – that essentially means you're opting into him for 2024 as well. I'd probably tack on a year or so of the contract, and I would lower that cap number substantially to dump it into the line, as you're saying, or other positions. And it doesn't have to be just the line. I think they need to make a move or two at tight end this offseason as well, add a weapon perhaps. Let's go to Raymond in Clinton, Maryland. Hey, Raymond, how are you? Hey, what's going on, man? Uh, nothing, absolutely nothing. Hell no, get rid of him. Look, the year of the standing in the pocket quarterback is over. Drew Brees and uh, Peyton Manning were the last great pocket quarterbacks that's out there. That's over. You got mobile quarterbacks. He don't have any mobility whatsoever. He don't even give you a a, a chance in hell in trying to win a game with his legs. If if, if he got to, just like we saw in Philly, if he got to stand in the pocket to to try to win a game, he won't win. He really don't win. He, he he won't win. He might stand a chance against Cleveland, but that def- that that linebacker they got, he gonna get played the week just like all the, all the other two did. <laughs> so no, Carson Wentz ain't he can't do anything that's gonna make me keep him. If it's anything you make me keep him, won't you play for a dollar? <laughs> Thanks, Raymond. Yeah, you want to take the big discount, right? Okay, so here's the only problem I've got with the call. I think it was pretty good. I don't like this idea that you have to be a running quarterback now because it's just not the case when you look at who wins generally. Last year's Super Bowl 
was the Rams and the Bengals, Stafford and Burrow. Neither of those guys are runners. They're both pocket passers. Stafford, by the way, is pretty much incapable of making plays with his feet. He's athletic enough to get out of the pocket, but I'd say comparable to a Wentz type in that regard. Same with Burrow. Burrow scrambles a little bit. He can make a play or two with his feet occasionally, but he basically moves to reset to throw, a la Stafford, who beat him in the Super Bowl, a la Wentz. Those guys don't run. Championship weekend, the Stafford-led Rams beat the Garoppolo-led 49ers. Jimmy G is a pocket passer, not a runner. Championship weekend at Arrowhead Stadium in the AFC last January. Mahomes, the quarterback of the Chiefs, maybe the best in football. Mahomes is a scrambler. He's not a runner. Mahomes can make plays with his feet, a la, you know, what Heineke was doing maybe before he stopped running. But Patrick Mahomes is a pocket passer. That guy leads the league in attempts and completions week after week after week. He's not looking to run. He occasionally scrambles. Not a great 40 time. He's not a running quarterback. So the the final four QBs in the league last year weren't running quarterbacks. Extrapolated out further than that to go to the the Elite Eight in the league. In the NFC, with Garoppolo, they played Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers. Rodgers doesn't run, is pretty much immobile at this point. The Rams, who I mentioned with Stafford, played the Bucs and Tom Brady, who's got cinder blocks for feet. So the last four quarterbacks standing in Washington's own division last year don't run. The guys that do run, Hurts in Philadelphia, got doubled up by Brady and the Bucs. You know, Kyler Murray and the Cardinals got tripled up by the Rams in the first round. And the other quarterback in the NFC playoffs was Dak. Not a running quarterback. Pocket passer. In the AFC, in the second round, the divisional round, so I mentioned the Bengals, I mentioned the Chiefs, you had Josh Allen, who is a running quarterback, I would say. He is a scrambler, but he's a, you know they have a lot of design runs in that offense. So there's one, and they may win the Super Bowl. They're the favorite. He's kind of a, you know, he, he's a unicorn at this point. Um, give me Josh Allen. Anywhere you can find him, just give it to me. But the Tennessee Titans, that's Ryan Tannehill, man. Again, you're talking about athletic enough to get out of the pocket and scramble, but not a runner. The other quarterbacks in the playoffs were Derek Carr, who's mostly a mobile. Mac Jones, who runs like I run. And Pittsburgh last year was quarterbacked by Ben Roethlisberger. Now, he's a running quarterback for sure. Roethlisberger loves to run. Oh, wait, I'm being told he hasn't run in a long, long time. So the narrative of you have to be able to run is not true. That's what makes the highlights. That's what everyone likes to watch. That's who all the talk shows in the middle of the day on ESPN love. They love Justin Fields because he rips off a 40-yarder or Kyler Murray because he does something amazing. You know, Josh Allen because he's Josh Allen. The vast majority of the teams that made the playoffs, and that's just one year, but we could do the same exercise for a lot of years, and the teams that get deep into the playoffs, it's a lot of pocket passers. Now, I'm not dumb enough to sit here and say I wouldn't rather have Lamar Jackson or Kyler Murray or, or Jalen Hurts or some of those guys than some of the quarterbacks I just mentioned. I'm not arguing that you should be a pocket passer over making plays as a dual threat. That's not what I'm doing. What I'm saying is that argument that, hey, the days of guys who don't run are over, that's just not correct. The two seed in the NFC right now is quarterbacked by Cousins, not a runner. The three seed, Garoppolo slash Purdy, not runners. The Bucks, the four seed, no. The Cowboys, five, no. Jones does run. So I, I just I don't I don't buy what you're selling on that one.
800-636-1067 is the number on Grant and Danny. The question is, can Carson Wentz do anything from this point to the end of the year for you to want to see him named the quarterback going into the offseason for 2023? You're listening to The Fan. Ron Rivera today names Carson Wentz his starting quarterback. Wentz, 282 dropbacks this season compared to Heineke's 292. So this is almost dead even in terms of opportunities to throw the football for the two guys, which makes for a comparison that is fair. And they're both right around 62% completion percentage. Wentz dealt with drops on 8% of his throws from his receivers. Heineke just 1.3% of the time. It's a pretty stark stat. Heineke better in yards per attempt, much better at avoiding sacks when pressured. Heineke 16% of pressures turn into sacks, whereas about a quarter of the time, 24% of the time, when Wentz was pressured, it became a sack. Wentz gets the ball out faster, 2.58 seconds this year, compared to Heineke, 2.9. My guess is that has to do with Heineke extending and creating and leaving the pocket and rolling and booting and, and throwing you know, off, off the back foot on the, you know, the late, fourth and fours, and and those types of plays probably influence. But again, we're talking about almost 300 plays as a sample where he drops back where they're counting that time. And and Wentz did a better job getting the ball out faster, which with the line faltering a little bit down the stretch, maybe that's the plan. They go to him and they say, hey, we don't want to see that Eagles version of you. We don't want to see you deer in the headlights, Wentz. We, We want to see you do what you did against San Francisco. Get the snap, balls out. Let's go to Phil and Bethesda. Phil, the question is, can anything at all lead to you feeling like it's Wentz time in 2023 based on how he plays in the next few weeks? From Bethesda! (laughs) Um, Thanks for having me on. Um, Well, I think that it might be useful to see how we kind of got here. So Wentz wasn't really given a fair shot, in my opinion, because our running was non-existent. And pocket passing when you don't have a run game is nearly impossible. But um, we started Heineke, but he wasn't – he was given a fair shot, but eventually our play calling started to feel like we didn't trust him, exemplified by our uh, Giants' last drive in OT um, when we were playing the Giants. Um, we have a lot of trust from our coaching staff in Wentz. However, I don't think that he's the future because our players don't trust him. I haven't seen anything that exemplifies a trustworthy kind of player – or person aside from his block on Roquan Smith in that one game, which was awesome. But um, I hope that he performs in these next two games and either we can trade him or he can teach how, who I think is our future. Appreciate you, buddy. I think Wentz handled himself really well this year. You, you get benched, you lose your job, supportive of Heineke publicly with every tough question has said all the right things. Now that doesn't get you any points on the scoreboard, but it's admirable how he's handled himself. And for the record, I'd say the same about Heineke, who today, when he was asked about this, said Rivera's doing what he thinks is best for the team. And, but you go back to that Eagles game, to your point on running the ball, when Wentz got sacked nine times and, and they were down 24 nothing after three quarters to Philly. In that game, Gibson had 12 for 38, 3.2 a pop. And J.D. McKissick had three for eight. Jonathan Williams, one for six. You're talking about 16 carries for basically 45 or what was it, 55 yards. Yeah, they, they weren't running it well yet. Brian Robinson hadn't become a thing yet. 
Let's go to Bobby in Warsaw. Bobby, what's up? Oh, just another day in paradise, man. Yes, sir. Uh, what uh, my comment is, is no, I don't think. Okay, let's look at it this way. If uh, he, if Wentz can win against the uh, Browns, uh, yeah, I think either three of our quarterbacks could. And for us to win against Dallas, uh, frankly, I think it's going to take Dallas leaving some uh, people on the bench that normally would be in the game. And that means that if Wentz wins those two, then they're going to sign him up for another year. It's possible. I mean, the, the playoff game then I think would be massive, right? If they beat a Dallas team to get in in two weeks that basically doesn't try, I, I think your evaluation has to be massive on how he plays against Minnesota or San Fran in that playoff game. Matt, D.C., you get the final word. Go ahead. Yeah, hi. How you guys? Good. Big fan. Big fan of you guys. So, uh, I'm just I'm, – I'm not a Carson Wentz fan at all, honestly. But for me, though, it's um, – Heineke, they don't really – here's the thing. So, even in San Fran with that great defense they have, he moved the ball, uh, especially the first half or whatever. It should have been like 14-0. But for us, it's just like – so, because of – um, as far as the uh, blocking and the different things, dropping the ball, obviously, example there. Um, but Heineke moves the ball. Wentz, we shouldn't have got Wentz in the first place, honestly. I mean, uh, I appreciate you. I mean, a lot of people feel that way. But, you know, just kind of sticking to the script here, I guess what we're wondering is, here we are. It's week 17 now. There's two weeks left. There's two games left. If he plays well, they might come to you guys as a fan base and say, here's your quarterback for 2023. And I'm trying to figure out how you'd feel about that. You will hear from the head coach, Rivero, who made the decision, and the quarterback, Carson Wentz, who's the starter again, next on Grant and Danny. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.